Mackenzie Ferguson, number 27, Western University, retired defensive back. And you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is now episode three of the Life After Football segment that we are doing. Joining us today, we have former Western Mustang. Unfortunately, that's becoming a common thread here, but that's all right. Mackenzie Ferguson, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, you know, I'm trying to stay sane, uh, get out and do as much as I can with all <laughs> the COVID stuff going on, uh, but just trying to live the dream every day. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and so we'll get into the we'll get into what you're up to these days, sort of post football, but we'll kind of dive into a little bit of the journey to begin with. So your football career took you from being a Bronco to a junior Mustang to a Mustang, Yates Cups, Vanier's, Utex, Mitchells, all that. Russ Jackson Award 2018, an incredible, incredible career for you on the field and off the field as well from the academic perspective. So just however you want to go about it, just give us a little synopsis of your football career taking you into into Western football stuff off the field, whatever you want to deal, talk about. Right on. Yeah. Um, now that you mention it, it sounds like uh, I guess I really liked horse mascots throughout my career. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I started off at Banting Secondary School here in London, had really great coaches there who made me fall in love with the game. It was really cool as well in high school. Um, my one high school coach, Todd McKay, played for Western back in the 90s, and he was a defensive back on 94 Vanier team. So throughout high school, you know, we always kind of joked that if I went to Western, you know, we could have that connection, but I'd have to win the Vanier first, which of course eventually happened. Um, but it, it wasn't necessarily an easy choice just to go to Western, even though like all my coaches at, at Banting were Western guys and all the coaches at Junior Mustangs were Western guys. Um, really for me, it kind of came down to Queens, Mac, Western, and then really the final two were Mac and Western. And honestly, it was a very, very tough decision, both great programs. And I was going into kinesiology, so both really great kinesiology programs. And uh, honestly, it was, it was pretty close to being a coin flip, but I uh, ended up choosing Western, very happy with my decision there. And of course, um, you know, it turned out really well. So I spent, you know, now like kind of six years at Western. Um, so my first year didn't play at all, which I expected. I knew it was going to be kind of a tough grind at Western. You know, you go to an elite program like that, you got to really put in the work uh, to get the payoff. And so didn't, didn't play at all my first year, played in a couple games my second year, didn't start. And then third year is when I finally cracked the roster every game and started for the vast majority of games in my third year there. Um, really tough loss that year in 2016 in the Yates, but I think that was kind of an important loss, not only for me personally, but for our whole team, which led to our, our huge rebound in 2017, uh, where I was a starter every game that year. And then we won the Vanier, which was pretty spectacular. And then, yeah, 2018 started every year, every game that, that year as well. Went back to the Vanier, unfortunate loss and thought my career was over. Uh, and then this past season, I still had one year of eligibility left, but wasn't planning on playing, didn't do any stuff in the off season. And then um, they had a bunch of injuries and out of the blue one Sunday, I'm watching the NFL and coach Gleason calls me up. And I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> probably pocket dial or something. And he goes, Hey Mac, like, uh, you know, the deadline's next week for our final roster. This is like uh, late September. He's like, can we uh, throw you on it in case, you know, we have any issues. And I was like, well, like I haven't been training or anything. And, Went in, talked with him and G Marsh, and like, yeah, we just want to put you on the roster just to be official, but, you know, we, we don't think we're going to need you. You can start training a bit more and whatnot. So I started working out a, a bit more heavily, and then 
the next week, Danny Valente went down and sure enough, Gleason called me that Sunday and said, Hey, Mac, um, you're coming back. So it was, uh, played the final four games this season. Uh, unfortunate loss to McMaster in the eights, but, um, it was, it was a, definitely a fun career, fun ride and, and, uh, very enjoyable throughout those, those years, high school through university. And so as well as, you know, the success you had on the field, multiple time, uh, academic, all Canadian, and you said doing kin and you did your master's of uh, science, correct? Yeah. Clinical anatomy. And there was a folk, the focus was on, I, I don't, I, I read the full term. I'm not, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it if I try to recite it, but essentially dealing with, with head injuries, right? Yeah. That was a lot of, um, so throughout kinesiology, I had the really lucky opportunity to do a lot of kind of like in lab stuff as well as research stuff. And then, so in my, my fourth year project, I worked a lot with, uh, Jeff Brooks, who, uh, is just finishing up his PhD, uh, working on that stuff. And it was a lot to do with, um, head impacts and concussions as well as subconcussive impacts and overall, uh, essentially executive functioning of the brain. And so I worked on that a lot late in my kinesiology undergrad and it's really cool work. Western has implemented in all their helmet sensors, uh, which give real time updates to Jeff or whoever's on the sideline with the iPad. So if you have some sort of impact that is like over the threshold of hundred knees, then they can stop checking with you make sure everything's okay. And then it's really interesting to go back and analyze the data after the entire season. And then we perform essentially cognitive tests throughout the entire season. And so we can see performance and how that relates in our cognitive tests compared to how many head impacts uh, we have and, and the size of the head impacts as well. Did participating in that research change the way you saw the game as a player or the way you just thought about the game as a whole, or was it completely, were you just able to separate the two? Um, it, it, it did definitely change my outlook on the game. It was really interesting to see as like, wow, like I've had, you know, 700 impacts this year on my head. It's like, you know, maybe I should not go head first into certain scenarios as much anymore, <laughs> you know, and you know, don't, you know, dive head first to guys and, and try to just protect my head a little bit more. Um, and it, it also kind of like stimulated my thought process on, on how we can make the game safer moving forward to one, decrease the number of head impacts or lessen the amount of impact, you know, the load per impact on, on the brain. So then you move, you transition from doing the master's of science, graduate from Western, and then you move to UFT, you begin your, your career pursuing, uh, medical, your medical school career there. So yeah. what was that transition like? Uh, so it was pretty interesting that I ended up playing both years during uh, my master's, which just finished this past April. And so now I'm kind of embarking on, on the new journey, moving to the big city, moving to Toronto. And, uh, welcome, and welcome. Start, yeah, I'm excited. And yeah, starting medical school there, which I'm, I'm very, very excited to begin. Um, you know, out of eligibility, so there's no chance I'll be playing for the Varsity Blues. Um, so it'll be a football-free uh, lifestyle there. Well, they could surely have used you if, if you were eligible. Um, so, you know, the, the, it's, I think every team you come across someone like yourself who has these massive pursuits that uh, kind of go beyond the regular football player, that, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, medical school or guys in engineering or pre-law, things that are a bit loftier than, you know, I'll throw my own uh, philosophy degree out there, you know, a little different. Uh, <laughs> spending your time as a football player, because we all know how difficult it is the hours you put in in the film room, on the field, working out all those types of things and balancing, you know, a four or five 
um, course load in your in your studies, I have to imagine your the, the particular focus that you you were on was perhaps a little more intensive than. Like I said, I'll throw my liberal arts degree out there again, the average liberal arts student. Um, how did you manage to balance all that? What was that like for you? And, and was, what kind of challenges did you find in, in balancing football in school? Well, there was a couple of things that I found really helped me. One was just having uh, people to talk to and role models. So one person in particular was Nick Fannin, who really helped me out a lot. So he was a London guy, a couple of years older than me, but he, he went into Western one year before me. And he was in science. He also was pursuing medical school, got into medical school and, and was in medical school for our 2017 season. And so he's someone I could always look to and, and go to for advice. Um, Cause I think it's really good just to, you know, ask him, it was good to ask him, you know, you know, what do you do in these situations? Like how do you balance your workload? What kind of tools are you using to maximize your success? And any questions I had, uh, particularly relating to medicine or, or that career path. And he was really great for helping me out. And just even talking to any of the older guys on the team who have experience managing a, a large workload, you know, hearing different strategies uh, really can help, you know, optimize your own personal plan. Uh, and the other thing that I found really helpful was just planning itself and not just like anybody can put stuff into a, a calendar, you know, their, their planning schedule, but it's really important just to stick to it. And that's the hardest part, obviously, sticking to your schedule, sticking to your plan. And it honestly just takes, a lot of determination dedication and kind of having a vision of that final goal in mind and so you know there's obviously guys out there who necessarily aren't maximizing their time it's good to relax every once in a while um but you know don't be you know watching tv or watching netflix for two hours a day you know maybe just half an hour before bed and spend that other hour and a half towards um you know studying and it'll go a long way no, I think that's that's a great point, and and this is maybe sound weird, but do you think that because you had such a, a heavy, you know, academic load, that that might have actually helped? I mean, you're still in the transition period, um, but I mean, we'll we'll jump back to the first four weeks of last season when you didn't think you were going to play. Did you think that kind of helped you transition into the quote unquote life after football, where as opposed to and Zach, this isn't a shot at you, but I mean, as a, a football player who's doing philosophy, you he maybe. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do me criminology. I maybe spent less time caring so much about my academics and was focusing more on like playing sports. Whereas you were, you know, a student who also happened to be a varsity athlete as opposed to I'm a varsity athlete. Oh, also I have to go to school. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, that's, I'm really interested you bring that up because I really thought about it before, but you know, reflecting now, I, I definitely feel that after football was done, you know, that those first weeks when I wasn't playing football at all, but I was still in school, it didn't seem that different to me. And honestly, it was kind of a bit less stressful. I had more time to devote to my studies and I was still really focused on school. And I guess I'm someone who's always enjoyed school and particularly kinesiology and then my master's in clinical anatomy was stuff that I absolutely loved to do. So it wasn't like football's over, you know, going to school sucks. Like I still really enjoyed doing that stuff, which I think really helped the transition. So I mean, if you really enjoy what you're doing outside of football, whether that's your job or still doing school, I think it makes the transition a lot easier because you're still going to look forward to each day, you know, whereas if all you look forward to is football and then that suddenly gets wiped out, your life's going to seem a lot crappier. Yeah, which I definitely think speaks to, I mean, we heard it a lot in like our off-season walkthrough tour where people are saying, you know, 
think about your 40 year plan and not your four year plan and, you know, use football and don't let football use you where it's like, you know, you obviously you, I'm not saying you couldn't have gone to Western either way, but I mean, you got to play a sport you loved, but also use that to get into a program you loved and, and further your career was, you know, these kids are say, Oh, I don't care what I'm taking. And then football ends, whether it's an injury or retirement or, you know, their eligibility is up. And now they're kind of just stuck saying, well, I don't want, I don't want this general English arts degree. Like, I'm, and then they stop going to school. You see it a lot in, you know, second semester of high school as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's great for you. You know, obviously that this, this program helped you, you know, you loved it so much that, you know, the transition off the field wasn't as painful as it might be for other kids. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really great point you bring out, especially to promote to the younger guys is that, you know, you got to love what you're going to do after football. Cause if, if you don't, then it's going to be a long rest of your life. It ends. I mean, if you're lucky, it ends when you're in your mid thirties. Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. if, if you're, if you're not, you're, you're 22 years old and you'll probably never put on pads ever again. Yeah. And that's, that's just the reality of football. Yeah. Young man's game. And a question I know that Dakota's asked in a few of the other interviews in this life after football series we've been doing, um, regard uh, is in regards to what the teams from sort of an organizational standpoint can do to help the players, which, as I said, I think constitute probably the, the majority of guys where, as Dakota kind of mentioned, it's, it's, they're there for football and the school is just what they have to do to be able to play football. Um, but in terms of once that is taken away, what type of support systems they can put in place to be helping those students where, you know, maybe not like yourself, they have that goal that they can just follow that path and they can sort of reach out to other guys to help along, see what steps they took, but who might be in a space like, you know, not to go into too much detail for myself, where I really never knew what I wanted to do even while in school and even afterwards and just trying to... So from an organizational standpoint, um, obviously different. it would be different from your own story, but I wonder what types of mechanisms you think uh, the programs could put in place to be able to help the kids who really are there for football, but obviously, as we've talked about, need to recognize that there's there's a lot more to their life than football and figuring that piece out. I wonder what you might think about that. Yeah, one of the, the things that I think is great about football is the alumni networks because you have such a large team and you have guys going off to do all different things all over Ontario, Canada, and even the world. And so one of the things that I was actually really you know happy with, with Western was the alumni connection that I felt uh, throughout my, my time there. And I think that even Western and all the programs can do more to kind of promote those alumni networks and promote those connections to current players, specifically kind of players who are nearing graduation and might need those kind of business links or whatever job career they're going into might need those links. So, you know, we have the Wall of Champions dinner every year where it's um, a fundraiser essentially, and there's a lot of alumni there. And usually there's a, a group of graduating guys who are there. So, you know, you can go out, you can connect with the alumni, talk to them, and potentially open up some new doors and opportunities. We also have our fundraiser golf uh, tournament every year where the players go and volunteer, and then they get to meet, you know, 100 alumni supporters and build connections that way. So I think if the guys who are kind of progress, you know, proactive and going out there and seeking those connections have that opportunity, at least at Western, but it's not necessarily put right in their lap. So, you know, potentially opening up some you know, networking opportunities that are specific for helping players find careers after graduation could really help. I'm not sure what exactly is done at other programs, um, but, you know, regardless of the program, you're still turning over a high volume of graduates every year compared to other teams, which produces that large 
you know, network. And, you know, it, it can provide, you know, guys who necessarily don't have uh, a direct end goal, like I did myself, can help them find a path or a career that they really enjoy. Definitely. And I know, we, we, as Dakota said before we started recording, we were talking with Stevenson and he brought up the point that I experienced a bit while I was at Guelph that they do a similar setup in trying to engage the alumni. And as, as he mentioned, a big thing that he thinks teams could do better is, is engaging the alumni who uh, engaging alumni who might you know otherwise donate money, which is obviously still important, but coming back to be able to take part in these events, to be able to connect with these players, to just make that connection happen uh, a little bit easier. Um, but so I'm curious, you know, uh, born and raised in London, Western Mustang, uh, and I believe Western has a medical school as well. Uh, and I don't know if there's any, you know, maybe there's just a, a very obvious reason why why you didn't pick there. Uh, versus UFT, uh, what was the decision that you made in terms of going to UFT versus uh, staying in Western? Um, yeah, great, great question. Western does have a medical school. Uh, really simple for UFT. They're the only ones that let me in. Oh, No, it's a yeah, I, great question. Um, so I applied um, to uh, Western, Mac, UFT, and Queens, and so they all kind of have different varying criteria. Uh, for their acceptances and so uh, just based on that criteria uh, I think it was probably due to my MCAT scores um, but it's, it's interesting because Toronto is like Toronto and McGill are the top ranked medical schools in Canada um, so I'm definitely really happy to be going there um, and so they're actually the only ones that offered me an interview so went that was my only one went did the interview and ended up getting in and so yeah it was, it was a very easy uh, Decision. It would have been a much tougher decision if I had got accepted to multiple schools, but um, decision very easy. Well, that, that's the second time I've got caught asking that type of question because when we interviewed Chris Osikusi at Windsor, yeah. I was asking him, well, I mean, Queens has a law school as well. And the simple answer again was, well, he got in at Windsor and didn't get in at Queens. So second time I got egg on my face for, for, for going that route. But that's all right. I was, I was definitely okay with it. You know, to be honest, I'm not the greatest with decision making. So the simpler decisions, the better for me. Um, I just got like a new Garmin watch for like activity tracking and fitness tracking and all that. And I'll tell you, I put too many hours into researching which one to get and, uh, <laughs> and way, way too much effort. Easy decisions are good kind of decisions for me. I mean, I played offense, but for a guy playing in a defensive secondary, doesn't good decision making need to be like top up there in terms of skills that you need to be able to have? Come on, man. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. I think I think the thing that helped me with football is that I didn't even have time to think about it. It's when I have time to think about it, that's what trips me up. Football, there's no time to think. You just got to react. So I guess that helped me out. Fair enough. So you mentioned how you had a guy like Bannon be able to help you in terms of figuring out what the steps were you needed to take uh, to be able to get uh, further the, the trajectory that you were on. I'm sure there's plenty of other guys in the league or high school players that are looking to play football and maybe looking to pursue medicine or kinesiology as well uh, that hopefully are listening to this as well. What are some of those steps that he was able to illuminate for you or other things that you were able to discover on your own throughout the way that you found so beneficial? You obviously mentioned the idea of you know not spending near two hours watching Netflix or whatever and maybe spending more of it studying, but do you have any other tips or tricks that either were passed down to you or you discovered of your own volition that you think would be helpful for someone listening to this? 
Um, you know, one of the big things that he actually helped me with was the application process and going through that process, which can be kind of tedious and stressful. So it was really good to have his insight and, and knowledge going into that. Um, so, I mean, if there's anybody watching who's going through that process now, they can feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to help because it can be um, a little finicky and, and stressful. You know, you don't know what to put in the application or that he really helped me with. And we kind of both worked together doing was volunteer uh, opportunities. We'd work together if, if, you know, I heard about something going on, then he, I'd reach out to him or if he hears something about, you know, something else going on, he'd reach out to me and we do different volunteer activities together. I think one common misconception, uh, particularly for going to medical school is that your volunteer experience or work experience has to be in the medical field. And that's not true at all. You know, they just want people who are, you know, good communicators, good collaborators, good leaders, work good in teams. And so as long as you can display that, you know, then it's really important. I also think it's important not to just do volunteer experiences to, you know, get into medical school. I think it's really important. I was extremely lucky, you know, through, you know, Banting High School and then Junior Mustangs to have a lot of really great volunteer coaches and a lot of really great, you know, volunteers throughout my life to help me get me to where I am. And so, you know, Nick was the same way being from London. We both really wanted to give back to the London community and, you know, help out, you know, the next generation coming up. So I think it's important to have a purpose behind your volunteering or else it's going to be pretty terrible. Like we both helped coach Junior Mustangs and just absolutely loved it and had a great time while doing it. And so, you know, don't just do stuff to try and boost your resume. You know, you should really be enjoying the stuff that you're doing. And did you find through the the Western Mustangs program, did they offer or make available volunteer opportunities? Obviously, things like um, you mentioning like alumni events and things like that, you can volunteer at. But just other events throughout the community was that because I know at Guelph, anytime an event would come up in the community, whether it was at a food bank or anything like that, the team would make an effort on our little you know news and notes bulletin board to put up these opportunities did western have that type of outreach to the players to, to let you know about those events yeah yeah absolutely coach marshall's very involved in the city and so it was very similar to, to your experience there where whenever something came up whether it was kind of volunteering for you know mchappy day or uh big brothers big sisters um tim horton's camp day um london sport and activity expo any sort of thing like that coach was always right all over it and getting guys to go and help out. And so he, you know, he has kind of an arm's reach in so many different areas in the community. It's great to have, um, you know, him there to make these opportunities available for our players. And uh, we have a, a good connection as well with the Special Olympics Ontario. And so it, it, you know, all the guys who do it find it very rewarding and very enjoyable. And so I was really lucky to have, you know, Coach Marshall make those, a lot of those initial connections after those volunteer opportunities. And so it seems like, you know, as we said, you really had your the plan sort of laid out for you. But if you could have, are there any things that you could have gone back and done differently in terms of on, on your progression through your undergrad and kin through the masters? Are there any steps that you think you could have done better? I mean, I, from me hearing the story, I do, it seems like it's about as, as, as perfect as you could have run everything. But are there things that you could even look back? And obviously, you don't want to be doing the hindsight bias can be a dangerous game to play. But just thinking for anyone listening who might be trying to draw influence from you. Yeah, um, you know, it ended up working out pretty well for me. I mean, not to say that it wasn't necessarily a stressful, 
kind of process to navigate throughout. Uh, I made the decision, so I, I didn't apply to med school after fourth year because uh, I wanted to get, I knew I really loved anatomy. And so I wanted to get that experience doing the masters and really explore some different venues or options uh, to make sure that I did, you know, choose the right career path uh, for me. You know, you don't really want to, you know, medicine in particular, it's a long and grueling road. Um, so you don't really want to choose that career if you're not 100% sure about it. And so the masters gave me the opportunity to kind of do a research aspect of things, get teaching experience, as well as interact with professional students. So we're teaching assistants for medical and dental students. And so throughout that process, I really realized that medicine was the route that I wanted to go. And so that worked out well for me, but I would definitely recommend to, uh, you know, students in undergrad to explore different career options um, because you, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't go out and experience different things or, you know, at least investigate different opportunities, then you could really be missing out on what your passion could be. I think a lot of people, ha you know, they enter their undergrad and they say, this is what I'm doing. And then they just kind of put the blinders on and then that's all they focus on. But I think it's really important to explore, you know, especially their like second year, third year, fourth year, a lot of different opportunities that could potentially be a better career path than what you, you know, initially had focused on. So just keep an open mind to that and, and don't necessarily, cancel out other opportunities just because you had that initial goal when you first entered university. I, I think that's, that's great advice. I mean, I can speak on that. I mean, I entered Western, uh, in the MIT program, which is not, you know, as good as the one in the South, cause this is just on media. And then I switched to criminology. And then once I graduated, I went to George Brown to do social media marketing. And now I'm in Algonquin doing, you know, health and fitness mechanics. So, I mean, maybe, maybe don't spread out as much as I have for all those kids, but I mean, I, it definitely, you know, don't have the blinders on when you're going down in first year. Um, but when I, I, we were talking to Stevenson earlier today, um, and just, I mean, obviously he's still part of football. Uh, football is pretty much done for you, except for maybe some flag here and there. I mean, you're obviously going to medical school, which is super competitive. Is there like a, a hobby or a sport that you keep up just because, like, I mean, when you're most football players, I'll say 99% of them are super competitive and you can't just not have something in your life because i mean you'll end up trying to like wash dishes faster than your roommate or something like that is there is there a hobby that you have or a sport that you do that helps nip that competitive bug in the butt yeah it's funny that you bring that up because that's one of the things i noticed like after i was done playing i honestly like really slacked off when it came to the gym for probably two three months after and it, i think i was just so used to every day like you know i gotta go to the gym got to put in the work because I had, you know, that goal, you know, you want to win a van yet, you know, that's what you're doing. You're going in and I enjoyed it. But then after I kind of did, I was like, well, you know, if I don't go to the gym today, it's not the end of the world. So I was kind of, yeah, exactly. Like, There's no consequence. So, you know, I was only going in a couple times a week and then I was like, okay, I got to get my crap together here and, and start working harder. So I had to kind of reevaluate what I was going to make my goals. Right. Cause as you said, I'm competitive, but I obviously didn't have the goal of winning a Vandy anymore. I got to come up with some new stuff and some, some new hobbies. So I do like to play some recreational sports. I absolutely love playing squash, tennis, golf. Um, but to kind of satisfy my competitive side, I've been running, road biking a lot more, getting into swimming. And so I'm working towards doing a, a sprint triathlon next summer and then a full triathlon either later next summer or the year after. So that kind of satisfies my competitive hunger. But that's what I'm working towards. I mean that's 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 crazy. Uh, I mean when I when I stopped playing, I I actually just ran a, a marathon last October, coming up on a year now, 
Um, I mean, it's not fun, so I mean, good luck with your triathlon. It's probably, you probably won't enjoy it, but it's a good feeling when you finish it. And I mean, if you need a tennis partner, when you move to Toronto, I'm here, uh, you know, social distancing sports, whenever, whenever you want, I, I can, I got a pretty nasty backhand. So all right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. You know something about racket sports. They just, they get grabbed my attention. I find that with a lot of people, I mean, Western, we had, you know, ping pong, then a lot of the guys played squash. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think tennis is just the next kind of step. Yeah. Yeah. The old, the old linemen at Guelph were always big on squash too. They always said, you know, a little good conditioning, good for the footwork, you know. Yeah. Cause you guys don't on. have to run far yeah. in, the, in, the, in the, it's not that, not that <laughs> much it. running. It's just the there five, five yard dashes. Exactly. You know, you can go place like, that's the thing about a lot of those sports is like, I, I do like to run and whatnot, but I mean, would I rather play tennis or squash for an hour or go run a 5k like obviously i'm gonna rather play tennis or squash <laughs> this is why you got that fancy new watch eh? exactly yeah tracking it all yeah there you go yeah just, just got strava ready to, to to get on that my brother is bugging me a lot about getting strava he's big on it with the running and the biking so uh you know it'll be good to compete there and, and get that kind of competition going nice i'm on strava nice too luck. so i'm gonna look you up nice there's a lot of great biking places in Toronto too, especially you get down to Lakeshore, all those paths yeah. from Scarborough to, to Mississauga and all that. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to rip them up, I guess. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I mean, thank you so much for talking about your journey through your time at Western. And then of course your journey be after, uh, after football. Um, and you know, best, I mean, are you going to be starting? Like what's, what's the deal right with, with yeah, your, so- your program? Like, it's uh it's mostly online with some like optional in-person stuff um so U of T's medicine program is really cool for like the first year um there's kind of like one day a week where we have lecture like big lectures uh then one day where we're kind of in labs a lot and then we actually get every wednesday off which is really nice um and then we have small group learning clinical skills and then we spend a bit of time in the hospital as well so most of that's just shifted to online but then we still it's kind of like a first come first serve on uh, who's going to be able to go into the large lectures and then uh, optional for the uh, anatomy lab. So luckily I have, I have a lot of experience doing anatomy in the dissections over the past couple of years. Um, but then we still are able to go into those labs. So mostly online with some like optional in person. Nice. Well, I know U of T is dealing with something with them wanting to bring kids back, but then the a student organization not so i don't know what's happening there but good to hear yeah. that your program at least you're gonna have something going because yeah. you worked so darn hard to get in this spot so best of luck to you uh mckenzie uh beginning your journey at uft and thank you so much for joining us today thanks a bunch for having me out i really appreciate it and uh you know uh hopefully we can help some some folks transition smoothly into their post-retirement careers absolutely man all the best